this is what does it all mean podcast i'm your host james lewis welcome to the show Tonight we'll be discussing uh, time travel, breakups, and music. Music. What's up, Brother James? What does it all mean, my brother? What does it all mean? Welcome to the show. So I've been asking you and Julia, you know, the topics of the show. And uh, she asked for music, so she gave me the idea of music. So we'll touch on some music. And... uh, I think you might have mentioned some breakup ideas, which is awesome. So there's Julia. You know, my my real idea of all this is, uh, you know, I wish we could like have a, a three-way split screen and then we could all interview people, you know? Have you ever seen, like, Howard Stern, how he's just got, like, different crew people? He's got, like, Robin. He's got, like, Fred. Have you guys be my Fred and Robin? Let me just sit there and talk about bullshit. (laughs) Somehow I'll have to figure that out. But then, you know, like, honestly, I always start really small with things, and then I blow them out of proportion, you know? So, uh... I guess that's the way you do it, you know? So pretty soon it will probably move from Instagram to some elaborate setup where I have different mics and some kind of Zoom crap, and eventually maybe we can do something like that. So can you guys hear me clearly? Am I coming through? And Julia, you miss nothing. And for the fans out there, this is James and Julia. They are both currently in London. Exactly. The best kind of talks are the the BS ones. So yeah, let's get to it, everybody. Happy Saturday. You know, it's it's 12.04 here. I think it's 8.04 in London. So uh, I've got my Thai iced tea. Julia said earlier she's got to try this. It it is very addictive, and um, I make them very strong. So we are family. So okay, let's get into it. Time travel. What does it all mean? I've been trying to split my, my brain with time travel, you know, and uh, I've watched some documentaries, I've tried to I've watched some movies, I've, I've heard some theories. 
what this all means. Now, I should have legal right to this song because it's Huey Lewis in the news. And I am Jimmy Lewis or James Lewis. So, uh, yeah, he's got to be my musical, spiritual pops. Huey Lewis, give it to me. It means we can all sing over there. We should. We try to look into it. I'll look into it. Okay, so Huey Lewis, he's a G. I love him. I always have one. This is just a random story. I, I went to a camp, like kids camp. You know, I came from a, a, a place of like, you know, divorce where like my mom sometimes wanted to get rid of me during the summer times because she was working. And when I was like 10, maybe, I remember they took us to Knott's, no, Six Flags, Flicks, Six Flags, uh, like amusement park, which is this just huge place that has these big rides, and I hated them, and I was scared to death. And uh, and I remember the only thing that made me feel good was having like music, like a Walkman, and uh, and like hearing music on the on the band on the way there. You know, this was one of the songs. Borderline by Madonna was one of those. And I'll get into a borderline or a Madonna connection later in the show. But um, some of these songs, uh, People Are People by Depeche Mode, this, and this is these, this should date it, you know, total 80s. And I, I felt that the music at that point was, uh, was my saving grace when everybody was making fun of me for not going on the rides. I didn't give a crap because I had music and I knew that I was cooler than they were, even though they were making fun of me. And even though it hurt inside, I was still like, man, I got music. So we'll get into that later. We'll get into the music later. So right now, time travel. Let's get into that. Einstein said it's theoretically possible. Now, it, that's crazy. So if time travel is theoretically possible, it, it all comes down to, you know, that question, if you kill your grandfather. It's the, it's the back to the future paradox. You know, if Marty runs into a... a, a a prior Marty and kills, you know, that Marty or kills his dad or grandfather, does Marty or that person cease to exist? I've heard a whole bunch of different theories lately about, you know, different timelines and, and different, you know, um, existences and outcomes. And I've heard a lot of like conspiracy theories once again, but as a person that comes from science and also a person that comes from like a hippie philosophy you know i think that's that's you know what we're missing i think i think there's there's more and i think that's kind of where it's at i think that that einstein is definitely he was on to the on to something and uh we talked about his brain earlier and how it worked and how it worked more efficiently than others so his his mathematical conceptions of the universe was just vaster than most and some of the concepts that he came up with such as relativity 
um, and something that blows my mind is space time. Okay. Like space, you know, being out in space and then time, which would be kind of like time travel. So at that point, space time would be relative to the person in hence consciousness, which comes back to what does it all mean? So if I'm say in a rocket and I leave earth and I shoot out, you know, towards a different area, my leaving, depending on how fast I go, say, say we get to a point where, you know, us as humans can finally reach, you know, the speed of light. And all of a sudden I'm able to travel the speed of light or even we'll say the half of speed of light. If I'm able to travel the half of speed of light and I start traveling, you know, when I leave earth, I will be aging differently than the people on earth, which already is a form of time travel. But say like a gamma ray shoots out from, you know, someplace and it's actually going the speed of light because it is light. It would pass me going either direction, the same speed. So that's where things get tricky. If I'm going towards, say, the gamma ray, that like where it's blasting out, it would be going the same speed and I would be going half of that speed, but my relativity to where my consciousness is in this time space is where it's all real. So in putting that into a, a just layman's terms, okay, the only way that we have anything that will propel us or an object into, say, the speed of light would be is if we traveled around something really fast. Like, say if we had a, like a, a cup of coffee and you, you know, poured a cup of coffee, put, spun, spun the cup of coffee around, spun it around, and then you drop like a bean in it. And you watch this bean just spin around. It would, it would, it would continue that trajectory. It wouldn't be the cup, but it would be the actual liquid inside. So that would be the space. And so what I'm kind of getting at is these, these black holes and uh, revelations, as Muse might say. But black holes are definitely a riddle because in knowing about space-time, things, uh, time warps around black holes so say sorry about that say you you know there's a black hole everything around it including the space is absorbed in, into that black hole including time and so at that point if you were theoretically able to have a thing a drone whatever it might be to catch a like on a wave catch a, a a wave of a black hole and get to the point where you can almost get to that center but as it spins up spins up spins up not quite get to that center center and shoot out at that point you could theoretically reach the the you know that that relative time space you could you could get that you know, speed of light. 
And if you could do the speed of light, then anything's possible. So, I don't know, guys. These are just ideas that I have, you know, um, and not just ideas I've had. Some of these things are just things that I've seen. But but it's what you got to weed out what is real. You know, I hear <clears throat> some of the things I heard, you know, this week about time travel. I, I go and talk about these subjects with my friends, and that's why I bring them up here. And, and some of my my subjects always get back to like politics and you know i don't feel that science and and uh, the stars and quasars and all these things really go back to politics i think the things that i'm talking about right here are, are strictly science you know and quantum science uh and all kinds of just science in general uh and studying life and what does it all mean so um in saying that as James and Julia say, we'll jump in really quick here. Greetings, Michelle. Be nice if we could go back, but just you and not interact. Right? And sometimes I wonder about that. He, James says, uh, it would be nice if we could go back to just view and not interact. But that's the thing. Imagine if you saw Hitler, you know? You would have to. You would want to go up to Hitler and just, you know, everyone says they would even want to shoot Hitler. The only thing you would have to do to go to stop Hitler is walk up to him and say, hey, man, you know what? You're a great artist. Don't stop painting. Don't let the bastards grind you down. That's it. And then at that point, he would have felt accepted. And then at that point, he wouldn't have wanted to kill everybody. So really, you know, everyone says going back and killing Hitler. I always feel that going back and telling him, hey, art school sucks, and they rejected me from art school, it didn't stop me, and it didn't want me, you know, make me want to go kill tons of people. So maybe just having that right conversation with that, that person, you know, in that bar, in that pub late at night, sometimes it can just change their whole entire perspective of life, you know, and so... It's good. It would be go. It would be cool to go back and, and see what would you know, what some of the things, you know, seeing like your great grandfather, you know, I wanna I, I wanna think, did, did my great grandfather love animals the way I did? Did he play music? Did he you know, did he do the things that I do? Is it all in our DNA? Are we all programmed? Like just how far back does it go, you know? And what what does that DNA mean? So DNA is a whole different discussion. We'll get into that on another one. Uh, so dreams can feel like time travel, especially when you dream about loved ones who have passed. Definitely. <clears throat> I've heard I've heard voices of people that have passed crystal clear. Just crystal clear that I haven't heard in a long time. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh my man, like holy shit, I haven't heard that voice in a long time. And I don't know if it's my my brain pulling that voice out of recall or is it actually me connecting in the cosmic web of of life because i truly do feel that uh that once we pass we're just our atoms our being starts to re-assimilate into everything into that cosmic web and, and i know this sounds cheesy but depending on your karma depending on what you've done it, it dictates which way you go and I feel that our brain and that cosmic web are very 
much similar and I feel you can really access whoever you want, your loved ones, and ever you want. And it doesn't have to be dream states, but dream states, I think, put you in that subconscious state where you just let it come through. And at that point, I think that the, uh, the idea of um, entanglement, you know, I talked about before how with my best friend, I, I meditated with Robert uh, Cabby, the, the roadie for my, for my band. And uh, I meditated with him a lot, and uh, we kind of linked brains like like the Dalai Lama, you know, does with like the Penzengatso. You know, these these two lamas sit around and they they basically meditate on each other for a long time, and so like like hours upon hours, probably days upon days, and then when you know the Dalai Lama passes, that 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 other lama is able to go out there and find. The, the new spirits where that atoms, you know, re kind of assimilated back into a, a form of like human, human matter. Cause that's really what I feel that it is. I feel that a lot of life is, uh, us just jumping from like a hermit crab from this shell to the next shell. You know, I mean, I, these are all just opinions. I don't know anything. The less I, you know, the less I think that I know or the, the, the more that I feel that I know, the less I really feel that anything is real. So, remember, take everything I say with a grain of salt. You know? So, okay, let me read some of these comments. But dreams are definitely, uh, they're a funny thing. You know, I, I like I said, uh, my friend Robert passed, and, and I feel that now that uh, it's been a, almost a month and a half, uh, before I was super depressed and uh, my brain was all clogged up from that. And I feel now that like, now I feel that now that I've made peace and amends with it, I feel that if I meditate, like I said before, like the, the llamas, I can return to Robert's, you know, state wherever he may be right now. And... I know that wherever that is, it's it's a good place, you know, and that's the cool thing. Once we do leave this 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 body, it's it's awesome. It's got to be awesome, you know, because everybody goes there, you know, and I think they all dig it. So we're probably gonna dig it too. And uh, at that point, it's just jumping back into a new body or a new whatever you want to be, and 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 starting over, you know, and. Some people say they don't ever want to start over and they've had enough of this life, and I don't believe that. I think that every struggle you go through gives you just, you know, another crinkle in your brain to, to make you want to just get smarter or tougher or just, you know, have as many experiences, good or bad, on this planet before we're all forced to go to Mars because of Elon Musk. Okay, so... <laughs> I really liked Elon for a while, but um, I'm, I'm kind of at this point pushing, since I've said this before, since we're in a pandemic right now, we're spending so much money on this whole Mars crap, and it's not just Musk, it's, it's NASA, it's all these people, I think for a year or two we could put all that, that money aside and we could have we could have taken care of the pandemic in two days, you know, if all the Mars money, with all the, the perseverance, the Elon Musk, all this crap. I'm all for space 
adventure. That's what this show's about. But right now, when people are dying on the planet, it's time to take care of us, you know? So, <clears throat> I don't want to sidetrack too much. I don't want to sidetrack too much. So, let me read a little bit of comments. What time travel would you time travel to? That's a really good... See, this is where, you know, I don't want to get ridiculous, but uh, Louis C.K., <clears throat> he's still, he's, he's, he's kind of, you know, I don't know where I stand on him right now. I want to say he's a, he's, he's still on the fence. I, I think he's a pervert, but uh, the, some of the things he said is, is just crazy. He's like, if you were, if you were a black person and you asked me that, like if I was a black person and if you asked me that question, I couldn't say anything past like 1984 to be real with you. I just could not. And uh, as a white person, I could say, fuck, 1853. I could say 1564. I could say any year, and, and there would be not a time where I couldn't come back. So to me, I think, you know, it would be interesting to come back, you know, someone like Martin Luther King and... and you know, the 1500s, or I don't even know, something like that, or, or even even in Egyptian, in Egyptian times, like, to see what the pharaohs were doing, you know, they seemed to <clears throat> be doing some really cool things, and they seemed to be evolving and doing other things be, besides not getting along with one another, but, but this is all speculation, so I don't want to get political once again, but uh, that was great. That was a good that was a good question. So one thing that I find interesting, this is one more and we'll just touch on this, uh this is is Da Vinci, okay? So they say Da Vinci he was uh get some They say Da Vinci was like they they know everything about Da Vinci except for two years of his life. There were two years of Da Vinci's life where he went away and he disappeared for the dawn. And then when he came back, he just had all this crazy knowledge. So what was that about? Was he, was he doing some transcendental meditation? I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I know what you're saying. <clears throat> because I definitely believe in meditation. And, uh, I think, uh, I saw this, I saw this special where they put these electrodes on a, Buddhist brain, and he, his whole life, had just, like, basically meditated on happy thoughts, and, you know, basically healing the universe, and, and being one with earth, and everything, like you're saying, you know, and at that point, 
they do it to another human that was just, you know, you know, not doing that. And it would show just the brain firing and, and, and on the image on the computer it would fire so big that you could tell that it, it, the activity it's like looking at my screen right here you see that you see my if you see the thunder there's thunder i mean that's a coincidence right it can't be there's thunder right there that's what it looked like that's what it looked like that thunder all over that buddhist monk's brain so at that point, his brain a lot of people like to work work out their arms and their muscles but I think there's other people that like to work out their brains, and I think that's that's through meditation. And I think at that point, uh, my my drummer, my old drummer from um, Hurt in the Heartbeat, his name is Timo. He was a very wise man. He still is. He uh, talked about this thing called the uh, the the Akashic Records, and how everything that you see or everything that you learn, everything you touch is all at your disposal within your fingertips at any given second as long as you are open to receive the knowledge and like I know that's true because there's just times when like I, I can't do something and, and I don't know what it is and all of a sudden I'm able to just do it without even and I don't mean like like an operation or something crazy but but when I need to learn something really quick all of a sudden the information that I didn't feel that was in my head all of a sudden appears to me and either I'm just crazy and some you know like putting that in the back of my head that information or I'm actually accessing information through the cosmos and through the rays that are, that are all going out through everything, you know, how the planet's got this ray. Oh no, oh no, hold on, I'll show you again. See that ray? There's this big ray right there. Boom. We have that too, you know? So, at that point, where does it all go? I have to make a comment here. All right, what's it say? Okay. Robert Johnson is an interesting example of going off for uh, a while and coming back with the most amazing blues skills. Yes, definitely Robert Johnson. I've heard that. I've heard that. You know, and I've heard that's a good good thing to bring up. Uh, I heard the whole thing that... Uh, he basically, um, he did that. Everyone, you know, went, went to go see the devil. And and what's funny is I, I got into that whole story. I got into it hardcore. And what they found out was that he eventually, like, totally went to a, uh, he went to another town, like, across the, the way. And he found, like, a, uh, he found this teacher, and this teacher, they actually know who he is, and this teacher just showed him everything, just, and he was able to just pick it up super quick, came back to the city, and just showed everyone, you know, what he was about, 
And, uh, you know, I kind of get that. And I think that people just, they don't realize what hard work is when it comes to music. Like when you sit down and you're, you're working hard and you get obsessed with something, and especially when you're lonely, and especially when, you know, your heart aches. Believe me, I've, I've been in fights with people, loved ones, and I've literally just, instead of going to like grab tequila, I ran to my guitar and just started to just play it, like really angry, you know? And then I'd thrown it on the ground. But at that point, you know, I got to get that out of my system. And so doing that is, uh, is really, it's the thing. And that's kind of going back on that other subject, music is power, you know? So um, I'd say that I had a really good teacher his name is John Sosen. He's one of the best teachers uh, like I've ever had in my life musically. And uh, I'd say within, within two years, really, he showed me how to songwrite, craft, craft songs, uh, and basically play. I mean, I already had a good understanding of the guitar. You know, because when you really love music, you're, you're always playing. Like, when you're a kid, I was playing. When I was 12, I was playing. When I was 9, I was playing. I just didn't know how. I was I was hearing those those sticks, and I was like, how the hell do they fucking do that, you know? And then when I'd seen the guitar for the first time, I'm like, how do they do that? I saw Steve Perkins playing the drums. I'm like, what? How is he doing this? And then you just get obsessed like anybody else, like Tesla, and you want to figure it out. And then, you know, you go away, and you find that Master, you find that person, you know, uh, John Sosin was my second teacher, my first teacher, ironically, um, was this guy named uh, Lord Buckley Jr., uh, Richard Buckley, his dad was um, the, the poet, beat poet Lord Buckley, which, you know, for my generation, I don't, it's kind of far off. But um, that was my first teacher, and uh, he wasn't teaching me shit right, so I went and found somebody, you know, that could teach me better. And within, I don't know, four years, I could play live. So by the time you do that, people just think it's magic, and it's just, it's obsession, and it's working hard, and it's just loving what you do. And I think no matter what that is, if you love sewing, you know, you can sew. Uh, if you love whatever... Whatever it is, you put your heart and soul into it, and then at that point, it becomes a part of you, and you take that to the next uh, to the next part of your life. Like when you jump, you know, to the next shell. You know, I have these these skills. Like I'm telling you, I can play the piano really well, like way better than most. Like when I was younger, like I could just figure it out. And at that point, I, like that probably came from a different. Like that knowledge, either it was goes back to that Akashic record, or that came from different experiences that I can't explain. You know, so I I am extremely lucky to have such mentors, and I think uh, everywhere we go, we have mentors, and everywhere we I think that's what this show's about too. I'm learning from you, you know. Like, I learned from these people. I, I've learned from people on the street. I've learned from, like, all kinds of people. I've learned from things in the ocean. 
you know like i think being in the ocean like swimming in the ocean is uh one of the things that has given me perspectives on things like when you're especially when you're alone when you're in the ocean alone and uh you are just swimming there and you just see how massive it is that makes you see like the perspective of what i am in life you know and i feel small when i'm when i'm that that you know in that big big thing so you know i i love the ocean and uh i was trying to pull up another song but i'm just gonna since this is the music issue so um i think we all seek out mentors or people that um i i had been for a long time like when i was younger i go to all these concerts and i sneak backstage and I look for all these people and like thought that they had the answer you know but uh really they didn't you know it was it was within side of me the whole time you know I I had I've hung out with so many different people and I heard this story about like John Lennon and uh the Maharishi and Paul McCartney and uh, they were all at, like his island or his retreat and they were hanging out and there was this helicopter and uh, like Maharishi's like, I'm gonna take one of you up, who wants to go? And John Lennon's like, I gotta go, I gotta go, it's gotta be me, it's gotta be me. And Paul's like, dude, whatever, go, man. And so he goes up there and like, like he's up there and then he come, comes back down and, and Paul's like, he's like, dude, what the hell is that all about? Like, what were you doing? And he's just like, John's like, I thought he was going to, you know, tell me the meaning of life. I thought he was going to tell me, finally tell me what it means. And, and then at that point, you know, we all know how that story goes. Like, everyone tries to scam you and everybody wants your money and everybody just wants to be part of whatever you're doing at that time. So knowing that, you know, John Lennon was looking for coolness in the Maharishi and really the Maharishi was looking for coolness in John Lennon. That's the perspective of life where you've always got to see cool within yourself no matter what. You know, even if you're a, a, a street sweeper, you know, Martin Luther King said that. He said, like, if you're going to be a sweet sweeper, be the best sweet sweeper you can be, you know, and don't basically don't let anybody tell you any different. And I think that's just true, you know, so be the best you can be. And then that will, you know, travel on to the. To the, to the next life. I'm probably going to lose a lot of, of, you know, followers from this because I am just being real with the ideas that I have. And a lot of people don't like that. They, they kind of get stuck in um, the ways of what they're taught and, and kind of think that, you know, that's what this is about, breaking breaking out. So mathematics has a huge benefit from... Uh, building to music there's even patterns and everything even the ebb and flow mathematics is the universal language so mathematics is why we know that there's um, other dimensions other life just other everything because it, it's like uh, once you understand that once you see the patterns in nature once you understand like I said being in the ocean 
you realize that the possibilities are endless, you know, and uh, there's that theory, I forget what that guy is, but it's, uh, there's, there's a theory, it's like the, the, the Drake back theory or something like that, where there's so many billions amount of stars and uh, things in, uh, in that stars, there are planets like ours in the Goldilocks system and breaking that down to the billions and possibly trillions uh, in that cosmic web, there has to be at least like 500 to 1,000 different living species like us elsewhere. That's just, the, I think it's the Drake, Drake theory. Uh, that just, it has to be. And uh, that's just science and that's just math. And uh, math has always come really easy to me and I don't mean just two times two. What people don't understand about mathematics is it's not just that, it's, it's everything. Like you say, it's in nature. It's when you're riding a wave, you know, um, the way your body reacts to the wave as you're in that propelling motion of a, of a say, a barrel. You know, you, the way you react to that, that's mathematic. The way you drive a car is mathematic. The way that you, the way that we do everything has math in it. So, uh, you know... When people say that they're not good at math and I see them driving like really well and they can just spin their car around and, uh, you know, have no problem, like they don't understand. It's not just, it's not just these mathematical equations. There's so much more to math that people don't get. So I'm going to have to add a, a zoom square for Michelle. She's on it. I don't even know if we're going to get to breakups tonight. This is, this is... <laughs> This is a really good topic, and I, I'm starting to feel that too. These these shows are getting so um, intense, and I'm gonna have to break down to like one topic because I have to end these before it gets to an hour. So right now we have about 20 minutes. So let's let's end on this, and um, let's do a quick quick 10 minute on breakup. Just breakups. We'll do like a little little love lines. We have sorry sorry for what I love it. Honestly, Michelle, don't be sorry. Like I said, I want to get you on a Zoom. We'll put you all on Zoom, uh, you know, have all three of us. I got to figure that out because I really, uh, I really dig it, you know, so. But yeah, we're going to go with it. We're going to, like, breakups because, I, I, like I said, I, I used to watch the show Love Lines and I'm just going to give my two cents about breakups and, and uh, I'll make it quick and about toxic relationships and, you know, why we are attracted to them and how the hell they get away, you know? And I think that, uh, I think that, uh, I've been in so many toxic relationships, like so many, and that's led me to where I'm at now, which is in the healthy, normal relationship, but that's taken me 40 plus years, you know, or 30 plus years. So I think when we're young... For males, at least, we're very, uh, what's the word? You know, everyone, society tells you, you got to go have a wife, have a, uh, have a kid, do all this, this stuff. All these things are like, they're all put, they're put on you, you know? And if you don't have these things, people think that, like, it's, you know, you're a failure if you don't have a kid by the time you're 30 and you don't have a house, you 
that's just not society in 2021. It's not realistic, you know? So at that point, if I could look at a 21 year old me, time travel back to 21 year old me, right? I would look at 21 year old me and say, stay the hell away from toxic relationships and stay away from people that relationships that make you feel that weird oh like you know when you're super nervous when you see someone like when you see a hollywood star when you see like a musician or you see like a scientist like whatever you want to say someone that really turns you on it, it it that that's not always a good thing sometimes those are warning signs you know and uh at that point you know I'm not going to lie, the first time I, I really saw a picture of um, the person I'm with now, I was extremely, uh, I wasn't excited. I was like, there's no way in hell that person could ever be with me. It's not going to happen. Uh, I'm on Match.com, but I'm just going to give a wink. They like uh, some of the things I like. Let's do this. Nina Simone. This chick likes Nina Simone. Let's wink. And all of a sudden, when she winked, I winked. And... Uh, like we both winked and then uh and then i asked her about nina simone and then we didn't stop texting for like 72 hours where we were both super unhealthy and then by the time we met it was like we were these two hermit shells that hadn't that had already met and we had lost that connection and then all of a sudden we found each other in this deal. And as soon as we saw each other, we were like, damn it, why didn't we see each other when we were three? But we couldn't do that because we had to go through all these other things and all these other people and experiences to show us what we didn't want. So, you know, when you're in a relationship for like a year or six months or even three years and, and all of a sudden these warning signs start coming at you like, you hear in the back of your head, like, I can't stand this person. Like, dude, this is driving me crazy. A little bit that, a little bit of that is natural in every relationship because we're just human. But when it's constant and it's just screaming in your head for like days and weeks and when you go to work, you still hear it and you don't miss that person. You just like think, oh man, how do I, how do I get away? Then at that point, you know, you just got to do it. You got to get away at all costs, you know, but you know, the best way is just to communicate, you know, is, is to communicate. 21-year-old me, if I could talk to 21-year-old me, I'd say, hey, man, don't run away from the experiences, you know, like just take them head on and, and look, look directly into that person's face and say, hey, it's not working. I'm sorry. There's no amount of, you know, of crap that I can say or do that's going to fix this. And walking away is the best thing to do. And that's what us as humans don't don't realize. And the cool thing is, this is really shitty to say, but like even though all our relationships don't work out, we can't be with everybody. And a part of me like feels like, damn, I do want to be with everyone because I love everyone. But you can't be like that. You gotta like, you gotta give a little bit of yourself to to people. And then then at that point, they're still with you. You know, all those people you've ever been with, even though you think they hate you, they don't hate you. They love you and they just can't be with you. So they got to build these walls up to, to be to tell them why they can't be with you. And we all do that. But I think that's just all because we want the right love. And once you find that right love and you get away from these 
you know, these things that society pushes on us, like getting married early and doing all this crap, then I feel that it, it becomes easier. Saying to 21-year-old me. So, uh, you know. Let me see what this says up here. Red flag, definitely. almost get addicted to the thrill of new love or the thrill of a chase. Oh, definitely, James. I agree with that. And I think that's also a young man's game. I think when you're younger, you you truly do feel that like, and this is where it becomes an egotistical thing. Okay. And that's what killed Elvis Presley. Let's, let's just bring that to attention. That killed Elvis Presley. He had the most beautiful chick in the world. To this day, she still is gorgeous. And what did he do? And, and he's the best. He's Elvis. He's Elvis. He, what did he do? He, he went out and he cheated on, on Priscilla. And like, that's what ended up killing him. And why would he? Like, dude, she was the hottest chick on the planet, you know? But he felt that like, oh, I, I need to be loved by younger and better or whatever. It's all a head game and it's all bullshit. And the sad thing is it killed him at the end because I heard that, you know, once she left him, that's when the drugs and the alcohol started. That's when he went to Vegas and that's when he's just all shitty and gross. And he, he was trying to make a point and we've all been there. We've all been in that toxic relationship where we're like, watch me get fucked up. Watch me try to kill myself with alcohol and drugs. You're going to come back to me. Well, that's just normal things. She never came back. And when she was like, dude, you're a loser. Fucking stop doing drugs and alcohol. He didn't. And instead of building himself up, going to the gym, fucking pump, writing better songs, you know, trying to build himself up, trying to get her really back, he ended up dying on a toilet. And that's how we'll always remember Elvis. So, it, and that comes to ego. That's all about ego. So, you know, I think David Bowie kind of taught me that, you know, like, I think that he was probably one of the coolest people on the planet. And David Bowie, just look at him, dude. He was with Iman. Like, he never, he, he didn't need to, to mess around. He was like, I'm with Iman. She's the best chick on the planet. You know, and that's how I feel with Melissa. I'm like, you know, I got the best chick on the planet. So saying that, we're going to go into my red man thing that everybody um, has probably seen on my website. And we'll transition into the music. Um, you don't know what you got until you lose it. That's totally true. Have a beautiful daughter, no need for marriage. Exactly. You know, says Michelle. And James says, you don't know what you got until you lose it. So um, as... We'll get into the last about 12 minutes. We'll try to get into music really quick. Um, I think Julia's passed out because I feel I haven't heard anything from her, but this is about music. So, um, let's see this my chick, my chick Melissa got me this cool present. So, let me see if this works up on here. Every time I want something to work. It's probably not going to. Oh, here we go. Hey, man, 
motivation and inspiration is, your ugly ass woke up alive and healthy. That's all that matters. Hi, Melissa, Melissa. Melissa, you too. You woke up alive and healthy. That is your motivation, baby. That's all you need. All this other shit out here is materialistic bullshit. Haters and all that, this nonsense on the internet is just all bullshit. Waking up alive and healthy. Waking up to life. That's what the fuck is all about. And marijuana, of course. So let me do this. Tell James Lewis, what does it all mean, Mr. Lewis? What the fuck does it all mean, Mr. Lewis? James Lewis. What the fuck does it all mean? James Lewis, what does it all mean? What does it, what does it, what it, what does it all mean? Like, what does it really fucking all mean? That's a great question. That's a fabulous question, because that, that question is so wide and leaves no room for error. None. What does it all mean? That applies to any situation. Besides you being ugly, James Lewis, you my dude. All right, that's why I'm here. Melissa, you're the best. Thank you for booking this. But that's the only thing I had to say, Mr. Lewis. What does it all mean, you asshole? When y'all two get together, smoke a blunt dedicated to your boy. How crazy was that? Okay. So, okay, so uh, James says, who is that cool guy? Okay, I'm going to break it down for you. Redman has rapped with Tupac. Uh, that's where I first heard him back in the nineties. Uh, I heard him play, uh, I, I used to, I'm a huge Tupac fan. To this day, I'm a huge Tupac fan. I'm, I was crushed when he was dead. And, um, basically he was on this Tupac song or Tupac album. And, uh, once I heard that, I was just hooked and, uh, okay. He's also... He's in a group with uh, this man named Method Man. So Method Man and Red Man, they are they're huge. So it's it's I, I want to say underground hip hop from the '90s, but how do I explain it? It, it, it continues till now. So um, I'm a huge I'm a huge lover of the the '90s hip hop. I think it was a point where it was like in the second phase of creativity you had like the 80s where they were like epmd and and all these like you know younger like musicians that spawn people like this the second generation and this is like red man and, and keith murray and all these different hip-hop artists and i'm gonna fast forward because we don't have that much time but it gets to the point where this is method man method man come on method man wu-tang clan so yeah when I was younger I went to go see this band uh, Method Man and Red Man and Pico Rivera and like holy shit that's a bad area this is Red Man so this this is on Tupac's album 
This is the first time I heard him. And then at that point, I was hooked. So I was hooked. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, who is this guy? And then I started looking for the Wu-Tang Clan. I'm all, dude, he's not in the Wu-Tang Clan. And then he was friends with Meth, with Method Man. And then I just found all of his solo stuff. And um, he's, okay, this is what I'm going to compare him to. Uh, and this is stupid because, you know, he doesn't need to be compared to anyone. But, like, I'd say Bob Dylan of 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 hip hop, you know, he's the Bob Dylan of hip hop because he can, he can paint pictures like Bob Dylan. Like when I listen to Bob Dylan, he can physically paint pictures of me and my friends in my room and me paying $10,000 a head just to see them again. Like physically I can see that. I can see Sean. I can see Mike. I can see big O I can see friggin' you know, uh, Bobby all in a fucking room with me for $10,000 a head. And with uh, with Redman, it's the same thing. He just paints these these uh, you know pictures where whether he be in a you know a psych ward that he needs to break his friends out of and, and get back to reality, or whether he's smacking everybody because they all want something from him. I mean, there's just something where I can see. I, I, better than movies. So for me, music does it better for movies. Some people get turned on for movies, but something about music really um does it for me and i think that the 90s hip-hop was very innovative like the the fujis wu-tang tribe call quest i saw all these bands so many times uh the pico rivera show briefly uh i i went there and uh i uh how do i explain it i was probably me and my friend mike were the only white people there and you and it was a really bad area and it was super late at night and it was in the 90s, tons of gang violence, scary shit. Everybody looked at us, but nobody treated us like shit. Everybody accepted us with open arms. We went to the front of the stage. Everybody loved us. And, like, nobody, ex- like, there was this thing called No Color Lines. And that was, like, this, you know, big boy in 105.9, 105.9 Power 106. And, and basically, that was the saying. There was no color lines. It was, like, it was the 90s. It was it was hip-hop. And it was, we didn't, there were no more racism. We were trying to, you know. And so people were living that shit for a long time. And it's sad that it, it, it didn't continue like i'm trying to continue that route i'm can try i'm trying to be on that lines but I, I see hip-hop now and you know i see just people want money and they want fame and they want tattoos and they want this and they want that and they want a tiger and they're missing the point so to see red man still doing the same shit is pretty awesome i don't know if we're gonna be able to get to the whole music i think i'm gonna have to have another music um episode Honestly, and yes, as James says, fuck Dombles. Fuck Dombles. So in saying all of this, I think, yes, we're not going to have to have a whole... I can't get to the whole music because that's going to be a whole nother show. So we tried. We really tried. What's everyone's favorite band? Really quick. Favorite band. Or, or just artist at the time. So next show I have a uh, an idea. I have two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. This is one of the English artists I really like. Thank you. 
Thank you, James. Stones, Beatles, Hurtin' Heartbeat. Oh man, I love you guys. Uh, Chains Addiction. Early Chains Addiction, definitely. I would say they are the reason that I. Okay, ready? What's that? I actually had Psycoms early, early demos and. A girlfriend stole it from me. Like I had the first Psycom record. I'm a dork for Perry. I just keep it undercover. So yes, Nick Cave definitely. I saw him. Fucking amazing. Saw him in I don't know 90s. You guys are awesome. I will definitely do a whole music show and I'll incorporate this stuff. Richard Ashcroft definitely. Going to be going my way. All right. 